In this podcast episode, we want to introduce you to our BCEN friend, Shantae Harris. Come along as Michael Dexter and Holly Briggs talk with Shantae about her career and the ways she's shaping the future of nursing through education and influence. Shantae's energy and excellence are sure to leave an impression. This episode is called Establishing an Eminent Legacy. Hello, and welcome to the BCN and Friends podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning with a range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals. But most importantly, to create value and insight for you, our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, and always valuable. I'm Holly Briggs, a professional development specialist at BCN and one of your hosts for today. I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Dexter, Director of Professional Development at BCEN. Hi, Michael. Hey, Holly. Good to be with you again. It's great to have you. In this episode of BCN and Friends, we have Shantae Harris. Shantae is somewhat of a celebrity in the world of emergency nursing. From her clinical prowess to signature red heels, this nurse entrepreneur is blazing a path for nursing. I'm so excited to spend some time with her. Michael, could you please introduce us to our BCN friend, Shantae? I would be happy to. And you are right. She is a celebrity in the world of emergency nursing. Shantae is the president and CEO of Eminent Healthcare Resources Consultants, which offers education for nurses from bedside clinical training to leadership and administrative coursework. With over 23 years of nursing experience in emergency services, she's established an influence in her home state of Texas, as well as nationally through her work with the Texas Emergency Nurses Association and the ENA Foundation. Shantae was recently highlighted in the media for her induction as a fellow in the Academy of Emergency Nursing, becoming the first black nurse to be awarded this distinction for her service and leadership. Shantae maintains five BCEN credentials and is also a doctoral student with completion of her program coming very soon. Shantae, welcome to the BCN and Friends podcast. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you, Michael and Holly. Thank you very much for having me today. Yeah, we're excited to have the celebrity with us. But, you know, before you got there, before you were so passionate about education, before you became multi-certified, you have multiple master's degrees, uh, before you even became a nurse, what inspired you to go into nursing? And then what was really your motivation to just continuously pursue education and get to, to where you are today? Well, nursing wasn't my first thought, Michael, Holly. wasn't my first thought. My first aspiration was to become an aeronautical engineer. It wasn't until my grandmother, who raised me, became ill that I decided that nursing was where I was headed. And so I changed uh, my professional goals and became a nurse. And so once you moved and transitioned into that role, what did you start out as? What kind of nursing did you go into initially? Emergency services with a super preceptor who is still my mentor today. Yeah, emergency service. I have one of those long year uh, nursing residency programs at a level one trauma center. Nursing has always been my passion, although I've stepped out a few times later in my career to lead other types of nursing. <laughs> yeah, ED was my passion from the start. Treat them and treat them. Awesome. So you started out in the ED and you worked as a nurse. And then what led you from that point to becoming the CEO of your own company? Well, it began in my master's of business administration program, which is actually my first master's of three was that MBA uh, in nursing leadership. 
uh, in the early millennium, the focus was on the business aspect and it was kind of a, the unwritten requirement like the MSN or DMP is today. And so it was in my program that I had the project, a capstone project of uh, a business. And so I thought what would be easy to write about. And so it was an AHA training center, not knowing that I would implement my project and it would lead to where it is today. I had no idea that it would be the business that it has morphed into. And so are you happy with where it's become and where it's headed? And is this, I'm assuming this is your full-time thing now? This is my full-time thing now and I cannot be happier. I think most nurses, we have like an independent streak in us to begin with. So to be able to be your own boss and kind of set the pace for yourself and those that collaborate with you and work with you. And then to give kind of that ease of education, knowing kind of where you came from. I think it's just really cool to see nurses do things that are outside of nursing to, to take that next step and to go into business and, and all of the things that come with owning your own business, running your own business. Like there's just, there's so many ins and outs, so many requirements and, oh, just there's a, there's a mountain on the other side of starting your own business, but hopefully inspire other nurses who maybe have interests that would require, Hey, like nobody's doing that. You're going to have to start your own business. You're going to have to kind of blaze your own trail out there and to have someone like you to say like, Hey, so what did you do? And <laughs> to hear you say like, I had to get some more education. I had to take some classes. I had to I had a lot of learning to do, and yet all of that coupled with your passion for nursing has created this, I mean, I won't use the term empire, but I certainly feel like that's what you're going <laughs> towards. So one of the other things Michael did mention in your intro is that you hold multiple certifications in nursing. Obviously, you've gone back to school. You have all of this very formal education, but then you also went and did certifications. You took these very rigorous exams and, and you've maintained those. So what inspired you to say, I am going to become certified? And then really, have you seen where certification has impacted your career? Oh my gosh, Holly. And really, uh, certifications has been the foundation of my success. Let me tell you that part. You know, I would strongly recommend that uh, nurses become certified in their field, no matter what that is. Yes, I do hold seven board certifications, five from the BCEN. But let me tell you that uh, that what it has made me, what it has given me, the power that has been instilled with me from being certified, the seats at the table and beyond that I never imagined I can truly attest to came from uh, advanced certifications, board certifications. And I mean, did you do one and you think I'm good or did you do one and you were like, I'm, I'm going to do another one for sure? Like, <laughs> did you take a break? What made you go from one to two to seven? <laughs> well, you know, first it was that foundational leadership thing where I wanted to instill in my nurses the value of board certifications, right? In order to teach it, right, you got to do it. And so I said, hey, let me go and become certified emergency nurse, right? So that when I step into any organization and preach, you know, either that be a pathway that the facility is on or anything else, I can say, hey, I'm certified. And so of course it started with the certified emergency nurse. I wanted to be able to inspire other nurses to do just same, to see the value in the board certification. And then after that, it was like, oh, wow, 
that high five thing came along and I said, I want to be one of the cool kids. I said, one of the high five t-shirts. But uh, <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out there. But yeah, I want to be one of the cool kids. And I said, wait a minute. But then some of these tests, y'all, let me tell you, <laughs> it's uh, really, really hard, but but there's passion and there's drive be- behind the board certifications and the stars are brighter with the credentials that totally has opened doors for me that I never imagined would be open for me. And it has people holding the door open for me because of board certifications. Well, that's awesome to hear. And I also hold a number of board certifications mm-hmm. and it is a very difficult process. Each one is their, its own animal and it's a huge accomplishment to have one and, and let alone to have multiple. And another thing we wanted to talk to you about is this huge accomplishment to become a fellow of the Academy of Emergency Nursing. And I wanted to, to ask you a little bit about that because I am not a fellow. I have heard that the process is pretty rigorous, that there's a lot involved. Um, not only in the application, but just in you as a professional, the things that you need to show that you've done in order to be um, considered for this. So tell us a little bit about what that looked like and what was kind of your first initial thought in should I apply to become a fellow? What encouraged that with you? I'm going to put it to you straight. (laughs) When I first looked at that application, I was like, no way, no how. I'm not one of those people. (laughs) I'm not doing all this work, right? I haven't done the work. I didn't realize in myself that I have that I had done the work years before, right? And so the application process is very rigorous, and then what you have to accomplish in order to apply, right? To see your body of work uh, going beyond what you do every day and the impact, the sustainability that it has on a global perspective. Not only, you know, are you educating and you're leading and you're doing public health or whatever the case may be, but your reach is beyond your peers, your network, your hospital, your organization, your healthcare clinic, your entrepreneurship, right? It's beyond you. Your body of knowledge will last beyond your life. Something to think about. One of the things I didn't realize um, until after you had been inducted is that, you know, as we mentioned at the beginning, you're the first black nurse to be inducted. And so what does that mean to you? And, and, uh, and what have you heard or what has been said about uh, this accomplishment? For me, Michael, it has been unreal. When I looked at the members of the Academy prior to applying, it was a defining moment in my life to even consider being inducted into the academy. I did not think that I belonged. I just didn't see in myself the scope of my work, shall I say. And then having went through the application process and getting a call and to hear the chair of the academy say, you know, you should have applied years ago. You've been doing this for years, you know, you should have been. It was that moment that I realized that that ceiling had been broken it, maybe it should have been broken, you know, five years ago, 10 years, who knows, but it had actually been broken and there was uh, life in my work and, and the work of others, right, may have reached that point where it was worthy, where it was impactful. And again, I have to say, I just didn't see in myself the sustainability of my work. You know, it's hard to, to think of yourself as, hey, I belong in the academy of anything, you know, it's like, it's a hard hard view of yourself to look at. And nurses, we're just not good at that. We're just not good at clapping for ourselves. We're happy to clap for others, but we're we're kind of, you know, we step back from clapping for ourselves. 
it, it's humility combined with almost like disbelief. You don't want to be seen as someone who promotes themselves, right? But in the same breath, if you're not willing to see yourself as someone who belongs at the table in the room, then then you may never get in there, right? So the first step for you to become a fellow was for you to apply. So if you didn't believe that you belong there, like, I think it would be really hard to be like, yeah, yeah, I might put my application. I don't think they're going to say yes. But like, you have to have almost just like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try. And what it tells me is that there are probably nurses out there who can look and hear from you to say like, I, I looked at this list of people and the things that they had accomplished. And I really didn't believe that I should be in that same room, but you know, through encouragement, people believing in me, I decided I'm going to give it a whirl. I'm going to try. I'm going to put myself in that pool to be reviewed. And I think that hopefully it inspires other nurses who are doing just really amazing things far outside of their hospital, far outside of their state, far reaching very well, maybe that next person. So I just appreciate that so much. Um, you know, you are speaking for BCN Chicago Learn Live coming up in May, which I'm super excited to see you again in person. It was great to catch in Dallas. We're excited to have you speak for us. And you're going to be discussing the leadership transitions, which is something that if you've been in nursing for more than a minute, you recognize sometimes we just don't always do that the best. Some of it, I feel like in emergency nursing is sometimes we're just like, we're done and we're moving on, right? But I feel like when it really comes to leadership, especially if you're a leader who cares for your people, there is something about passing the baton well, right? So without giving away your session, can you tell us why this topic of leadership transitions is so important to you, especially in the realm of healthcare? Oh, absolutely. And so with passing the baton, it it truly speaks to succession planning, right? No matter where we are in our careers, either it's early or the later stages of your nursing career, it is very important that we mentor others to take over, that we prepare them, you know, to succeed and for success, that we prepare them for success. And part of that is planning and key concepts that they'll need to know, right? I always say, you know, like in our in my world as a nurse entrepreneur, right? I still do succession planning with my instructors. It's still the plan. It's still the concept of how does this look tomorrow? How does this? Are you prepared tomorrow to do what I do today? And that is what I'm hoping to deliver at the BCN conference in a nice, fun way hoping to get everybody up, challenged, and inspired to go out and implement succession plans because it doesn't matter if you're on a transport team or if you're on a trauma team or a pediatric transport team or you're working day and night in the ED or, you know, anything. We all need great succession planning. You know, we just never know what disasters lurking around the corner, what emergency response we'll have to deal with. And so we all need our succession planning so that we set our peers up for success. Shantae, I wanted to just kind of piggyback onto that comment that you just made, because I think not only is it good professionally, as you mentioned, but there's been a number of times in my career, and I think you've probably seen them in yours, where unexpected things happen, whether it's a a boss that has an unexpected family emergency or somebody has to go out with surgery unexpectedly. 
these different things. And so I think that a lot of times when we hear succession planning, we often think of this, you know, somebody's going to retire one day and someone will have to step in, but really succession planning um, is almost like an emergency management type thing in that we need to be ready at any time. It is. And that's what passing the baton is about. It's about speaking to changing the frame of mind about succession planning, because you're right. Usually we think of, hey, this person, generation this or generation that, and they're ready to step out the door. Now I need to get all of that knowledge like in two weeks, right? When we really need to get that knowledge every day. <laughs> we need to prepare for every day for everybody. We need to have a plan to pass that baton so that we can continue to move around that track be successful at the end the goal is to cross the finish line yeah and i think it's super important for the entire profession of nursing to be able to have these conversations so i'm really looking forward to it shante i'm looking forward to your presentation i know it's going to be great i know it's going to be engaging so it's going to be exciting to have you in chicago i did want to ask you just kind of going back to your career though we like to ask this question to every person that we interview and we've heard some amazing amazing responses is there a certain person or even a certain moment in your career that you would feel like has really changed the trajectory of who you are today? Something that's really impacted you as a person? You know, again, I, I always speak to this course. It was in third grade. My third grade teacher, Miss Montgomery, who actually gave me the guts and inspired me to, to do public speaking, right? And so I always go back to her thoughts and her training and what she told me in third grade, and it was about creative learning and a unique environment. I was in this program that taught me literally to think outside the box. Of course, as a third grader, didn't see the value in it. But as I moved have moved along in my career, I frequently go back to that program and the concepts that were instilled in me at a really early age. And it was that creative learning and a unique environment clue that was taught to me in third grade as a special program. Really interesting. I was like, okay, what did I learn in third grade? Um, I was trying to remember my third grade teacher's name. I mean, I'm really impressed, Shante. I mean, I do remember. I remember like multiplication, which sometimes still is there. But there are things that when you pick up as a child, just mm -hmm. I, I had a teacher in fourth grade who just, she pushed me. Like I loved to read, but she just, she made it so that it was something admirable. And so since then, like I am... I'm a library card holder and I love to read. And so I look back and I see the power of her influence, even at that age. And it just, when I hear stories like that, one, it makes me think of when we're interacting with patients, especially pediatric patients and even younger professionals in, in our field of nursing or even student nurses. And we think about just these little encouragements or comments that we drop or, you know, things that maybe we teach them a different way of thinking about something, or we reposit this idea of, hey, let's, you know, make the learning creative. Let's, let's do something different. And to think that maybe in 10, 20, 30 years, they might be sitting on a podcast, if that is still a, if that is still the means with which people discuss matters. I don't know, maybe they probably have a different platform by them, but just this idea that someone could be sitting there saying the same for you, the same for me. And so I think that's really, again, it just inspires me to hear stories like that, where something that was probably very small for your third grade teacher, she probably was like, 
I'm going to do it. I'm going to teach these third graders about this thinking out of the box. And little did she know that that would be something that has motivated you throughout your life up until this point and probably far beyond. So thank you for sharing that with us. I appreciate that. I do have a few rapid fire questions. So this is is kind of where we get to know you just a little bit better. So this one's going to be hard because I, I, I feel like you're doing a lot of different roles, but what would you be doing if you were not in your current role? Like if you could just pick anything, maybe outside of healthcare, even though you do stuff outside of the healthcare, let's just say anything, what would you do? I would probably be a Walmart greeter. I want to just stand there and smile and wave at people and welcome them to my world. I want to welcome people into malls and stores. I want to stand there and wave like a queen on a throne and tell them what aisle to go down and get some stuff. I I love that. And mostly because I think a lot of times when I walk into stores and there's like a greeter person there and I like tell them hello and I there are some stories about frequent and more often I kind of feel like I know that person. So it's really cool that you want to just like be the, the welcoming face for people and you're great at what you're doing now, but I feel like you'd probably win whatever award the greeters are given every year. <laughs> Hopefully they do some type of recognition for the greeters, but you would, you, you would, know, I feel like she'd have a, a certified greeter. Thing too. <laughs> she'd start a greeter certification. Get a greeter probably certification. so probably. Okay. So three categories that I'm going to kind of throw at you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and these can be all time favorites or they can just be kind of your current. So favorite book. Okay. So my favorite book would be a strategic leadership right now, because I'm finishing up my doctoral degree and I don't get a chance to read books that are non-nursing. So whatever's in front of my face for school is kind of like my favorite, which guys in full disclosure, I'm not a big book reader anyway. Like, Reading for pleasure has never been my theme, like ever. <laughs> I understand that. Reading for pleasure literally is, that's me, top to bottom. But my husband, not so much. So, you know, we had to find other common ground. But I also think that sometimes, especially when you're in school and you you have to read with like a purpose in mind, I think people can either just embrace that or they can just be like, this is the worst. So I love that you're taking those, what can be a very challenging, especially if that's not something you do for pleasure, but that you're saying like, Hey, I am actually enjoying this. I am getting a lot out of this. And that's what I feel like a book can do if you let it. All right. Favorite movie, or it can be a TV show again, all time, or just what you're currently. Mm. Okay. So my favorite movie of all time, and guys, I'm serious, is actually The Color Purple. But the reason that it is, is that it's funnier intoxicated. Okay, so what about this? The, what about the newer version? How are you feeling? Are you one of those people who's like, I like the version I like? I'm not the remake queen. Okay, that's it. And to, in, in all fairness, a lot of times the remakes don't always live up to what is the original. So I will lean on that for sure. Although I honestly probably will see the remake. All right. Favorite musical artist. Okay. Favorite musical artist of all time is Marvin Gaye. Oh, classic. Marvin Gaye of all time would be Marvin Gaye. Yeah. The man is just smooth. He's butter. Okay. Good on anything. He's transitioned from like contemporary to doing his own thing. I know. He stayed relevant. He Mm -hmm. stayed relevant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
this is always a great question to ask okay. anyone from the South. What is your comfort food or a meal that you really enjoy? Oh my goodness. It's uh, my comfort food is spaghetti and I can eat a lot of it. Like I love spaghetti, like oh. unreal. Like I can eat it every day. It would be totally okay with eating spaghetti every day. Okay. Is it a meat sauce or is it just sauce with meatballs? Like, you know, there's a, <laughs> there's different ways to approach I it. I like sauce in the spaghetti. I like it in and stir it up with the meatballs. I like it all together, not plopped on top. Okay. I like it mixed together. Love it. See, this is why I like to ask people about this. It just makes me hungry. <laughs> okay. Do you have any other hobbies or what is something that's self-care for you? Helps you reset from busy and that you, you the 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 rapid pace with which you live and and work and do what is something that helps you reset? So when I reset, guys, I do a whole self care moment. So I go and go. And you're right. I'm, I'm really good to this. I go and go and go until my body says that I'm tired. But when I'm tired, I do deep tissue massages, chiropractic adjustments, and just like let the day go. And you know, being an entrepreneur, I set my schedule. I can clear it or cover it. To where if I need more than one day of those types of just nothing activities, mm. then it's nothing for me. Mm. And peace and quiet is good enough. I don't have to have a lot. I just have to have that moment where there is nothing going on. I think that people, and particularly nurses, were geared towards help for others, like helping others. And I think we look to ease the discomfort of others really well. At least I hope we do. That's Mm -hmm. usually our goal. But I think when it comes to ourselves, we don't always give as much grace to sometimes what your, your mind is telling you. So like mental overload, sometimes what your body is trying to tell you, like, Hey, you're not only mentally exhausted, you're physically exhausted, you're emotionally, you know, and, and we don't always pick up on that. And then when it does happen, then it's like, you know, well, okay, we're going to stop and we're going to, you know, patch ourselves up, but then we kind of go right back to it. And I think it's cool that you say like, Hey, it's important for me to carve out in my own schedule to take time for myself because there's only one of you, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) there's only one. So like, if you don't take care of yourself first, then a lot of things will kind of grind to a halt a little bit. It's good to put those things down, take time for yourself and then come back and you're ready to go. You probably have new ideas and new energy you bring to it. So it's very well worth it. So if our audience would like to follow you online, what social media platforms are you on? Um, Facebook, you can follow my business page or my personal page. Welcome to do both. It's Eminent CPR on one and Shantae Harris on the other. LinkedIn, Shantae Harris. I do a little bit of Instagramming, but not very active on Instagram. So I don't really recommend that one. So basically the Facebook and, and LinkedIn would be the great places to follow. Get more action there. Perfect. Thank you. I do follow Shantae on LinkedIn and I would definitely recommend it. I know you stay very active on that and you, you stay active in everything you do, Shantae. <laughs> Your clock must have more hours on it than my clock. You seem to fit a lot in there, but It's been really great meeting with you today. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on this podcast, talk with us. It's been great getting to know you more. As we mentioned, you know, we've seen you at different conferences. We saw you just a few months ago in Dallas and 
we're going to be seeing you again in Chicago coming up in a few months, actually. Um, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be really nice to see you again in person. But just taking the time to sit down and talk with you today has been wonderful. And hearing about all that you've done with the three different master's degrees on your way to a doctorate, seven board certifications and everything else in between your fellowship into the Academy of Emergency Nursing. You have really a lot to be proud of, and you've done a lot to inspire others. So thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your passion for nursing with us today. Thank you for having me, guys. I've certainly enjoyed it. This has been so much fun. Thank you. We are glad that you had some fun. And again, I just want to take the time to thank Shantae for joining us for this episode of BCN and Friends. Thank you for sharing your expertise your innovation, and your passion with us. You are a force within emergency nursing, and we're really proud of the legacy that you are creating, and we believe that it will inspire many. We're looking into 2024. You can make plans to meet Shantae and us at BCN Learn Live in Chicago, Illinois, May 5th through the 7th of 2024. You can check out bcn.org backslash learn live for more details to all of our listeners. We hope you will stay tuned as we continue with BCN and friends and bring you new and meaningful content and perspectives. If you have a suggestion for an episode, please email us at bcn at bcn.org. I'm Holly Briggs here with Michael Dexter. And on behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all that you're doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Until next time, we are out. <laughs>